Welcome to the Open Door Podcast. I'm your host, the Reverend Raymond Baker. I look forward to sharing this word with you and your family. I hope it brings you encouragement and that you enjoy each lesson. This is God's word. I believe God's word. I live by God's word. Holy Spirit, teach me your word. Father, I give you the praise, the honor, and the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Don't you know that God has given us this word so we can be able to defend ourselves in battle? Amen. Amen. We just we take these things too lightly. Amen. Amen. Holy Spirit's been working on me for the last few days. Let's open up our Bibles to Romans chapter six, verses 13, 16 and 19. Hallelujah. The word of God says, neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. Verse 16, know ye not that to whom you yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants you are to whom you obey, whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. Verse 19, I speak after the manner of men because of the infirmity of your flesh. For as you have yielded your members servants to uncleanness and to iniquity unto iniquity, even so now yield your members servants to righteousness unto holiness. Amen. You might be seated in the presence of the Lord. Tonight we're going to begin to look at spiritual, the battles of the spiritual life. There's one thing about this walk that we're in, and you've got to know this. <laughs> if you don't know the Holy Spirit, if you have not been baptized in the Holy Spirit, you don't even know what the fight is about. You don't know what the fight is about because you can't see the fight. You don't know what it's about. Now, Romans 6.13, God's word says, Neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin. He says there's a yielding that people do. One can be a negative yielding and the other can be a positive yielding. But he tells us not to yield our members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin. In other words, you're in control. Amen? So be if the Holy Spirit is in you. He says, but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead. You were once dead, but now you're alive. Amen? Quit acting like you're dead. He says, and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. See, you've got to 
yield yourselves to righteousness. Now, the word yield means to give or render as fitting. It means rightfully owned or required. It means to give up possession of one's claim or demand. To give up as one breathes, as so die. In other words, when he tells us that we need to yield our members as instruments of righteousness, we need to give up the possession of self that we have and our claims and demands that self puts on us <clears throat> and to give up as one breathes as so to die. So in other words, just like the yielding needs to be just like you give up your breath and die. That's how great the yielding should be. It means to surrender or relinquish as to the physical control of another. Amen? <clears throat> See, the problem is we don't want to relinquish. But we need to know that yield means to relinquish the physical control of another. See, we need to give up the control of our bodies to the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> Yield also means to hand over possession of. See, I'm going to give you all this definition so you won't misunderstand. Amen? You know, knowledge is good, but as the word said, knowledge can puff up too. But I'm going to give you the knowledge so that the Holy Spirit can show it to you. It means to hand over possession of, to surrender or submit oneself to another. You have to surrender or submit yourself to another, meaning the Holy Spirit. To give oneself up to an inclination. Amen? Whether it be temptation or habit. See, that's what yield means. You have to give oneself up to that inclination or to that temptation or to that habit that you have. It means to relinquish one's possession of as position of advantage or point of superiority. In other words, see, you think your flesh doesn't stink, but it does. And you ought to give up that position that your flesh takes in your life and yield it over to the Holy Spirit. Because, see, you do have a superiority problem in your flesh. Amen? It means to bear or to bring forth as a natural product, especially as a result of cultivation. In other words, the tree always yields good fruit. Amen? Amen. 
Oh, I know you all talking about, oh, Pastor, you've given us all this definition. Well, see, you got to understand, that's what one word means. See, if you don't study the word, you don't know what you're reading. You assume you know, but you don't know as you ought to. The word says it's to bear or bring forth. See, you're to bring forth. You're to bear good fruit. Well, in the definition of yield, it says you're to bear or bring forth as a natural product. See, it's supposed to flow naturally out of you. Especially, it says, as a result of cultivation. He, now, he's talking about cultivating your garden so that you can bring forth fruit. See, some of y'all's gardens is, is a mess. It's full of weeds. And you want to invite somebody over to come and, come and look at my garden. It means, to yield means the battles of spiritual life require a yielding in absolute terms to the Holy Spirit. It doesn't mean sometime. It doesn't mean part-time. It doesn't mean, well, maybe I will or maybe I won't. Because if you don't, you are not the Lord's. Amen? It's time for folks to stop fooling themselves. Amen? One of the reasons why is we are always under the attack of Satan. So we have to exercise our processes for maintaining our peace, which is to yield to the Holy Spirit. Nobody wants to yield to the Holy Spirit unless you have him in you. And unless you're listening to him, unless you put him as number one. And it's easy to tell whether he's number one in your life or not. It's very easy. It becomes obvious by the way you walk. Let's go to Romans chapter 8 then. Let's begin to fill in some of these blanks of this battle, this, the battles of the spiritual life that we're in. Because the Holy Spirit showed me, he says, there's some things missing here. There's some things that got to be revealed here so that the Holy Spirit can show up. Amen? Amen. Romans chapter 8, verse 7. The word says, because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. Now, that's your natural, carnal mind. That's the one you've been thinking with all your years. And then here comes the Holy Spirit into your life. You have a new voice talking to you. And every time he speaks, you say, huh? You don't even know who he is. I thought I heard something. But you won't respond to it. Because you're so busy listening to this carnal mind, which is enmity against God. It means it's, it's an enemy against God, and it will never change from being an enemy against God. That's your carnal mind. Amen? 
Now, verse 8 says, so then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. That means any part of you <clears throat> that is fleshly, when it comes to the things of God, operating and dealing with God and trying to come into the presence of God, I don't care how small it is, anything that is of your flesh, whether it be your carnal mind, whether you know it or not, all right, you have to understand it cannot please God. Now, like I said, when you get a little tinge of corruption in your mind from sin, that's why you got to confess it. Because, see, that immediately corrupts. It immediately breaks the fellowship. See, as I said, God is a perfect God. He is a perfect God. His son is a perfect Lord. They do not, will not, and cannot tolerate anything that is sinful. Let me put it this way. Put a big black iron skillet on the stove and turn the fire up high. Okay? Just take a, wet your hand and Throw it on the skillet. What's going to happen to the water that comes off of your hand? That's right. It can't stand it. See, there's something going on there that will not allow it to stay in the presence in that skillet. So it's the same thing with spiritual matters when it comes to sin in you. When you try to bring it into the presence of God, he immediately rejects it. He has to reject it. And nothing to do with how much you go to church or how well you sing or how well you serve. It has to do with sin. And there's no exceptions to that rule. Amen? <clears throat> Let's go down to verse 14 there. And the word says, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God. He says, if you're led by the Spirit of God, then you are a son of God. Amen? You have to be led by him, not by your flesh. Amen? Now, the reproach of the conscience, in other words, when things come against your conscience telling you that that is not right for you, when that reproach comes, guess what? Once you confess the sin and it's cleansed by the precious blood, you can go on. Amen? Now, the fact that you can do that is not by anything that you have done. It's not because of anything that you have done. It's what Christ has done for you. Absent of him, you can do nothing. 
Now, here's what happens when we get into the battles of the spiritual life. That reproach will come into your conscience and it'll cease once the sin is confessed and then is cleansed by the precious blood. All right? That's what the word tells us in that first Peter chapter one, verse nine. First John, I'm sorry, I said Peter, first John. All right. But here's what happens in many of your cases. The accusation of the enemy continues even after what has been you've been accused of has been dealt with. In other words, you've already done it. You've already confessed it. And guess what? The accusation keeps coming up in you. Now you know, guess what? You're in a battle. See, but you didn't know it to be a, 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 a spiritual battle. You just thought that, well, maybe, maybe the Lord hadn't forgiven me yet. Maybe he hasn't cleansed me yet. Amen? No. That's a spiritual battle. What do they call Satan? What's, what's one of his names? He's an accuser. Come on, saints, talk to me. Amen? Amen. He's an accuser. Now, the first situation when the reproach comes and the conscience clears it by the confession, that leads us to the blood of Jesus. See, we always know that his blood is working in our behalf. You don't see it. You don't feel it. The only thing that will happen is your conscience will be clear. Now, it takes faith to do that. And faith comes out of your conscience. All right? And unless your conscience is clear, faith is not going to come out. So you won't feel comfortable. But see, now you got an enemy. He's going to steadily accuse you. Now, and what that does, he's the latter one there that we talked about. He leads us to despair. And causes us that we figure, that we, we reckon ourselves to be irredeemable. Pastor, I'm doing what you say, but it doesn't seem right. It always keeps coming up in my mind. What do you think the devil's on his job? Why do you think it keeps coming? That's right. He works harder doing against you than you do fighting against him. See, I'm trying to show you that you're in a spiritual battle. See, you, the word says you got to fight the good fight of faith. You got to lay hold on eternal life. If you don't fight it, then he's going to keep taking advantage of you. See, and you're going to be telling yourself, well, I, I, I can't be, I won't ever be redeemed at the rate I'm going. But what did God's word say? He says, if you would confess your sins, you're, he's faithful. He's faithful and just. Hmm? See, he's faithful and just to do the work. See, the purpose of Satan is to convince you that since you can't be perfect, then what's the use in you trying? And he got a lot of folks that's figured that out. See, a lot, a lot of folks... That's why they don't come to church, because they already figured out that I lost. Or they'll be just casual visitors to church. Amen? Amen. That's what's happened. <clears throat> Understand this. 
It's got nothing to do with, you know, I'm so tired. I just can't get here. It's got nothing to do with it. You're in the midst of a spiritual battle and you don't even know it. Now, your carnal mind tells you, oh, you know, you're so tired. You work so long. You've been on your feet all day. You can't go. That ain't nothing but the enemy. That's nothing but the enemy. Now, he's working on your mind. Or you can't. I, I just couldn't get there tonight. Amen? I, I, I guess I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm not where I need to be. Susan, I'm going to get better, though. I don't know how you're going to get better because that, that enemy, he's not going to quit telling you. Amen? He's not going to quit telling you that you're useless. That you can't be redeemed. He's not going to stop. That's why you got to learn how to fight it. See, this is why it's of the utmost importance that we maintain and preserve a conscience that's absolutely clean. If you don't keep it clean, you give him room to attack. He's going to do that anyway. But you'll laugh at him. The more you practice, the more you turn it over to the Lord, the more you yield, hand over possession of, to surrender or submit yourself to another. See, when you submit yourself to that Holy Ghost, amen, uh, guess what? He will take over. He will fight your battle. Too many of you also too busy trying to fight your own battles. See, we have to realize that the Holy Spirit never reproves further if the sin is cleansed. Okay? Once the sin is cleansed, he doesn't come against your mind anymore. Now, what does the scripture say? Amen? What does it say in 1 John 1 and 9? Read it from the Bible, please. Read it from the word of God. Don't just tell me. Show me. I'm from Missouri. Amen? If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Is there an asterisk behind that? No. Is there a little something that said referred to the bottom of the page? No. It means what it says. So when you genuinely confess, the word says he's faithful and just. I'm trying to show you how your faith operates. It's you have to have faith in what you just read. If you don't have faith in what you just read, you just read a page. And it does not mean a thing. Because you don't really believe it. Well, it said it in the Bible, but I don't know whether it's true. Well, you got to have faith. You must have the faith to believe. Now, once you believe it, once you pray, 
then it's done, sister. It's finished. He takes care of it. Now, the next voice that you're going to hear that's going to come back is going to be the enemy. He's going to tell you right away, it ain't done. It ain't finished. You know you're not right. See, that's what his job is to do, is to keep accusing you. Amen? He never stops. But see, the Holy Spirit never keeps on. Now, he'll show you something new if you go back to sinning. But once, once you've confessed it, it's done. He doesn't have to come back. See, the Lord don't have to come back two or three times. He said, what I say unto you, I say unto all. He said, it's done. He said, it's finished. See, but you got to have faith in his word. Now, we got to understand that there's other hazards also that lie in the way besides Satan's counterfeits and attacks. Because, see, that's like a counterfeit. It's not real. Only you in the spirit knows what's real. Amen? Now, many times our soul is going to face fabricated things in our senses. And something will try to urge us to take action against it because it's been fabricated. Now, remember, the devil is crafty. That's why you must have faith in the word itself. Amen? A Christian has to always realized that not all senses emerge from the spirit. The body has senses, the soul has senses, and the spirit has its own senses. See, you didn't know that, did you? Your body has senses, your soul has senses, and your spirit has senses. So you have to understand, you can sense things, but then you have to know where it's coming from. You have to know where it's coming from. Just because you sense it, or just because you feel it, you got to know the origin of it. That's why you got to get this closer relationship. This is what God is trying to show us because you got some battles ahead. You're getting ready to battle, church. All these churches all over this world, they're going to be entering into some battles. Oh, it's going to take some folks by surprise. They're not even going to know that they're supposed to enter into one. Hmm. So, for us, it's highly important not to interpret solical or physical senses as the intuition of the spirit. That's why when you get around folks who gotta jump and shout and go through different physical things, you gotta be careful of that. See, because many people in churches have learned to believe that somehow that's the Holy Ghost. No, no, no. Now remember, your soul has senses, 
and your body has senses, amen, and your spirit does. You got to learn to differentiate between which ones they are. So you, as God's children, you have to learn daily in experience what is and what is not genuine intuition. That's the only way you're going to learn it. You've got to learn it by experience. We don't get it out the book. I just minister it to you. You say, intuition. What is this intuition he keeps talking about? Sooner or later, somebody going to get a little couple, you'll start getting them glimpses of it. Holy Spirit will start speaking. He'll start showing you things. Now, because of what you've learned, you'll say, now, wait, let me make sure that's who that is. That's the whole point of the lesson. Because, see, you're going to enter into a spiritual battle. Now, remember, Satan is an angel of light. He's a deceiver. He's deceptive. That's why you have to be very careful. Oftentimes, or many times, we overlook the fact that senses exist in the other parts of our being besides in the spirit. We overlook that. We think that all sensory things that we experience, that's somehow the Holy Spirit. And it does not mean that it's the Holy Spirit. Amen? One thing about it, spiritual life is not as complicated as you think, nor is it as easy as some people imagine it to be. Amen? All right. See, that's why you got to be in prayer. That's why you have to meditate. That's why you have to ask the Holy Spirit to show you things so that you will know who he is. Absent of asking him, anything can come up in you. Let's go to, are we still there in Romans chapter 8? Let's go down to verse 26. <clears throat> Notice what the word here says. Let's read that together. The word says, likewise, the spirit also helpeth our infirmities. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings, which cannot be uttered. Now let's look at that. He said the Holy Spirit is there to help your infirmities. Because you don't know what you ought to pray for. But the Spirit is there. God has given you the Spirit to make intercession for you. Now unless you get in relationship with him, you won't know that that's true. Just because you read it and you have the knowledge of the scripture, you may even have memorized that one. That does not mean that you know the Holy Spirit. You must, you must have relationship with the Holy Spirit. He said, and the Holy Spirit will make intercession with groanings that you can't speak. Verse 27, let's look at that. Let's read that one. Look what he says. And he that searches the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Ooh, that's powerful. Now, he says, he searches your heart. 
He knows what the mind of the Spirit is. Amen? Talking about the Holy Spirit. When you search with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, with all your strength, when you search the Spirit. So you're just really getting acquainted with your Spirit. Amen? Because that Spirit is the one who makes intercession for you. It's not you that's doing the work. I keep trying to convince you all that you're not doing the work. It's the Holy Spirit in you. If you will trust him, he's the one who's doing the work in you. You know, I, 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 well, I'm, let me go on with my lesson. Hallelujah. And the only thing that he's going to do, he's going to make intercession according to the will of God. So it's not too difficult to figure out because he's going to do it according to the will of God. It's not going to be any of these extravagant things that you say, well, the Holy Ghost told me. Well, when you tell me something that the Holy Ghost told you and I, and I hear it from you and I know it's not the will of God, I, I know the will of God because it is written. Amen. Okay. I said it is written. Amen. Amen. See, that's how I know his will. You tell me something, well, the Lord told me something. We. All right. But the Holy Spirit's only going to talk to you concerning the will of God. Not all these things that people tell you is going on in their minds. I'm telling you, there's so much counterfeit that's out in this world. I know it's difficult for you. But see, but unless you know it, you won't know how to deal with it. Unless you realize that it's, wait a minute, that might not be the real. Let me go ask the Holy Spirit before I act on that. I need to know if this is the truth from the Spirit or not. Let's go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 4. Now, in that Romans 8, 27, he said, he searches the hearts. He that searches the hearts knows what is the mind of the spirit. See, you got a spirit in you, too. Man has a spirit. And that man's spirit can search in the spirit too. Amen? Amen. To know what the mind of the spirit is. Because that's who the mind, that's who you're listening to is God's spirit that's in you with man's spirit. Those are the only two to communicate with each other. All right? Now, 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 4. What does your word say? Let's read it together. But as we were allowed of God. To be put in trust with the gospel. Even so we speak. Not as pleasing men. But God. Which trieth our hearts. Now notice what he said here. We were allowed of God. To be put in trust with this gospel. This is what he's done. He has put us in trust. With this gospel. Isn't that something? That's what he's done for us. Amen? 
He says, even so, we speak. That's why you hear so much gospel around here. Amen? Amen. Now, when I minister, I don't minister to please men. You know I don't. I do not minister to please you. I don't, I don't run down here and say, Jimmy, it's going to be all right. I'm, I'm going I'm to I'm minister a word just for you so you'll feel good. And you too, Charles. I'm going to make sure I'm going to give you one too. In spite of all of, of what I know that needs to be corrected, I'm going to still give you something nice and smooth for you. Mm-mm, you know I'm not going to preach to please you. It's not going to happen here. See, that's the good news. Amen? See, when I minister, see, I've been put in trust with this gospel. And I realize it even more and more every day. God put me in trust with this to minister it to you. So that you can see what I see. That the Holy Spirit is revealing. You need to see what the Spirit is saying. Now, once you see what the Spirit is saying, when he starts talking to you, you'll start hearing the same voice that I hear. Amen. There's only one voice. That's right. Amen? Amen? Now, he goes on and says, not as pleasing men, but God. We're here to please God. I'm not here to please you. I'm here to please the Father. You know what the Father tells me? He said, preach the hell out of them. Get it out of them so they don't end up over there. Tell them to quit listening to Satan in all his forms, and all his iterations. Because there's some folks who won't tell you a thing like that. They just let you keep on being the mess that you are. Preach you straight on to hell. But see, he says, what I preach should be not pleasing to men, but to God, which tries our hearts. See, he tries the hearts. So in other words, when he tries your heart, that means you're listening to the Holy Spirit. When you listen to the Holy Spirit, when there's anything corrupt there, you will immediately move to correct it. That's what he's talking about here. See, once you have perceived the importance of following your intuition, okay, in the spirit, you can't overlook the fact that your senses exist in the other parts of yourself, okay, being beside the spirit. So you have to know that there's other there operating that may, you might think they're similar, but they're not. Amen? Only in, only in the fact that they are senses, but they have different sources. Here's some of the things that you need to be concerned about. The perils of mistaking other senses to be that of the spirit's intuition. See, that's when it's dangerous. I, I, I hear it often with people. That's why I don't spend a lot of time talking with folks anymore. I just get in the word and do what I need to do. I don't need to be talking a whole bunch of scriptural things with people because you know what? A lot of people are very lost. And they go to church all the time. But they are very lost. They don't have a clue. All right? And what happens is 
they have the danger of misunderstanding the meaning of intuition. I guarantee you, you go talking to some folks that are Christians, talk to them about intuition in the spirit. They wouldn't have a clue. They say, well, where is it at in the Bible? It sounds like you, I'm not ta I'm talking about you don't know the Holy Spirit. And you don't know that he speaks to you intuitively. And it's in the it's in it's in the word. You just don't see it. Because you're not in the spirit. That's the reason why you can't see it. Amen. Now, the word is essential to confirm whether or not we move by and we walk in the Holy Spirit. Here it is. This is what confirms it. The word. Amen. That's why he says study to show yourself approved. And the word, as I said, is essential and to confirm whether you're walking in the spirit or not. That's the only source. Can't rely on old noggin. Holy Spirit speaks. You say, okay, I believe that was the spirit. Now you go to the word and confirm it. That's what you have to do. Amen. We have to see that our lives harmonize with the teachings of the Bible. They harmonize with it. Your life is to harmonize with the word that I teach you. This word, the Holy Scriptures, your life is to harmonize with it. Amen. You all know what harmony is, don't you? Hmm? When you when you when you when you singing and you singing in harmony, it sounds good. But when you don't harmonize, there, there's somebody in the group that needs to change so that everything is in harmony. So you can't get stuck on being out there where you are. Everybody else is in harmony. Amen. Now, our lives are to harmonize with the teachings of the Bible. The Bible never teaches by the word with one thing and then moves us in another way. In other words, it doesn't show you one thing in the word and then you go live it some other way. Uh-uh. It doesn't work that way. When you find yourself in that situation, you know something is not right. Amen? Amen? It's categorically impossible for the word of God to have taught or instructed people of yesterday one thing. In other words, what's written here? He's taught them here long ago. Over 2,000 years. What you got here? Amen? And then turn around and tell us not to do the same thing today. You can't do it. In other words, when we start getting this word, what he gave to them then is applicable to us now. That's right. It doesn't change. 
it doesn't become politically correct. You don't start modifying the word for the time and the era that you live in. Now, if you're careful, if you watch closely, you'll see a whole bunch of churches doing that. They will take and they will try to modernize their church or the word to fit the times. That is not what God has given us. That is not what he's given us. What we receive in the spirit's intuition, it needs to be certified by the teaching of God's word. That's why I record what I record. Now you can go back and you can say, somebody, you can tell somebody about something. Well, I don't believe that. I ain't never heard that before. I say, well, wait a minute. I'll tell you what. I'll give you the CD, and you go back through the scriptures and see if they will not certify what he was saying. Now, if they don't have the spirit, they're not going to be able to see it anyway. You have to understand that. But that's the way we verify. So you got to check me too. Amen. Amen. See, because you get, you get in some of them places. <laughs> I had to chuckle. Some of the folks get, the, get people fired up, jumping, shouting, and shaking. The church get loud. They'll say anything up here. Talking about the beans is burning on the stove. People ain't heard, they, they didn't even hear it. They just said amen. I'm serious. I'm serious. Folks will get you stirred up in the flesh, and you won't hear a thing. Now, to follow the intuition alone, and not in the conjunction with the scriptures, will undeniably lead you to error. It will lead you to error. You can't just follow the intuition of the spirit alone. If he speaks, you need to go to the word and find it. I don't know how to find it. I got this little book here. All the spirit. If he, if he give you one or two words, you just have to search them out until you get the answer. That's just a concordance. That's a little one. But it's got everything in it. It's an exhaustive one. This little one. Okay? So that means that it's got everything in there. So if the Holy Spirit speaks something, you say, okay, I remember he said this. So did he say prepared or did he say present? Or did he say next? Or did he say need? Or did he say needy? Whatever he said it'll lead you to it. You can confirm it with the word. Now, if you're not doing that, you're doing yourself a, disjust, a disjustice. Okay? You're supposed to be checking on what I'm ministering to you. Amen? Amen. The Lord told you to study to show yourself approved. Because if you don't, it'll lead you into error. Some years ago, old Jim Jones... He led them, led them all the way down there to Guyana. Amen. I don't like a preacher who's going to be in the pulpit with sunglasses on anyway. Yeah, that told me something. 
Amen. All right, let's get on with the word. Let's go to Matthew 22 and verse 29. Because, see, we got to know that we can't follow the intuition alone. You got to follow it in conjunction with the scriptures. Because it'll lead you to error if you do. Because you're not that bright. That's what the word is trying to tell you. That's what the Lord is trying to tell you. You don't know everything. So go back to the word. Now, don't get offended because I said it. That's what you need to do. It's like read the instructions. Amen? Matthew 22, verse 29. Let's look at the word. What does the word say? Jesus answered and said unto them, You do err, not knowing the scriptures, neither the power of God. Now, listen what Jesus said. He answered those people. And he said, your problem is, your error is because you don't know the scriptures. See, you got to be able to go back and verify the word. Amen? Amen. Now, they were asking some questions regarding the resurrection. They didn't know anything about it. They were Jews. They didn't know anything about it. But the whole point here is, it applies to every other instance. The problem is, you will err if you do not know the scriptures. Neither understand the power of God. Meaning, you don't know the Holy Spirit and what he will do for you. That will cause you to err. Amen? All right. Let's go on. 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 14. Second Peter, three, and verse fourteen. Hallelujah! Are you there? Amen. All right. Let's read that. Wherefore, beloved, seeing that you look for such things, be diligent that you may be found of Him in peace, without spot and blameless. How are you going to be found without spot and blameless? How are you going to be found without spot and blameless? Come on, somebody tell me. You already know. 1 John 1 and 9. Do you see how he does it? That's what he's talking about there. He says, seeing that you look for such things, he says, be diligent that you may be found of him in peace. See, your mind has got to be in peace. How are you going to get peace in your mind if, you're full, if your mind is full of sin? You can't have peace. It's impossible. He says, and then be found without spot and blameless. He's referring to the condition of your mind. He ain't talking about whether you took a bath or not. He ain't talking about whether your clothes are clean or not. He's talking about your conscience there. Amen. Verse 15. An account that the long suffering of our Lord is salvation, even as our beloved brother Paul, 
also according to the wisdom given unto him hath written unto you. Isn't that something? He says, now, the long suffering that you got to go through, amen, to find these things out sometimes, amen, that's called salvation. <laughs> See, all your trials are called salvation. And the process of you going through suffering is salvation. Amen? Amen. Now, you got to make sure it's not counterfeit, though. Amen? Amen? Now, he said, Brother Paul, also according to the wisdom given unto him. Who did he get the wisdom from? From the Holy Spirit. Come on now. Who teaches you all things? All right, then. You know where Paul got it from? The Holy Spirit. Okay. And it was written to him. Verse 16. And also in all his epistles, speaking in them of these things, in which are some things hard to be understood. Come on, will y'all read with me, please? As also in all his epistles, speaking in them of these things, in which are some things hard to be heard, which they that are unlearned and unstable rest, as they do also the other scriptures unto their own destruction. Now, here's Paul again. He's written these epistles. He speaks to you in these epistles about these things that keep you clean, that keep you blameless, that keep you spotless, that keep you in peace. That's what the purpose of them are for, because he's talking about Jesus, the Christ who's in you, who is your life. That's what this is all about. It's about Christ who's in you. He says, but they that are unlearned, they never study. They don't know the word. You do err, not knowing the scriptures, neither the power of God. And they're unstable. They rest. In other words, they're always wrestling with issues. As they do also the other scriptures. Amen. Not only the epistles, but all the rest of the word. They rest with it. They wrestle with it, trying to comprehend it, because they're not hearing from the Holy Spirit. And it's unto their own destruction. He says, read, you therefore, beloved, seeing you know these things before. Hold on now. You hear what he said? Are you all with me tonight? It's not going to be too much longer, saints. Hallelujah. The Lord's going to let you go. Amen. He says, you therefore, beloved. Seeing you know these things before. See, he's giving it to you now so that you'll know them in advance. That there are some folks who don't know the scriptures. And it's to their own destruction because they don't know them. That's what he's trying to show you. Amen? He says, beware lest you also being led away with the error of the wicked, fall from your own steadfastness. Do you see it? 
Now, we started out talking about this spiritual battles and how the enemy will come against your mind. And if you don't know what your senses are telling you, whether it's out of your spirit, your soul, or out of your body, then guess what? You can be led away with the error of the wicked and fall from your own steadfastness. See, you all are steadfast in here. You are. You're steadfast. I didn't say you was immovable. I said you were steadfast. Let the enemy slap you upside the head a couple times. We'll see whether you're immovable or not. So you got to watch what you say, because he will give you a test. Amen? So if you say you're immovable, you might get the immovable test. Amen. Amen. All right. Amen. Be careful what you ask for. But his word says he doesn't want you to fall from your steadfastness. Amen. Verse 18. What does he say? But grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be glory both now and forever. Amen. See, we got to understand that it's all Christ. It's all about him. It's not really about you. But it's about you staying steadfast in him. About you listening only to him. About you learning how to follow his words by the spirit that's in you. And staying steadfast and unmovable. Always abounding. See? In the knowledge of the Lord. See, he always refers back to you having knowledge. So you got to get the knowledge of the Lord. He says, grow in grace and in the knowledge of the Lord. It is written. You got to certify what you believe that you know. Now, I hear you give your best quote of scripture sometimes, but you got to get the best out for the real thing. You got to give me the real thing. No, the Lord really wants to hear the real thing. He doesn't want to hear your best ad lib. I know your intention is good, but I don't know who's speaking. Because you know Satan can speak them too. And he won't break them up. He might leave a word here or there. But he can quote them. See, the revelation of the Holy Spirit sensed by our spirit has to coincide with the revelation of the Holy Spirit in the scriptures. It's got to operate that way. So you got to have the knowledge in you to know when he speaks. Now, there are some scriptures I can speak to you. Now, you might agree in yourself, yeah, that was right, that sounded right, but you can go some other place, you hear some folks tear some scriptures up. And you say, no, wait, do they know what they're doing? That, that, that didn't sound right. The reason why is the Spirit will be talking to you. See, it's for you to learn to know whether it's a counterfeit or not. Amen? 
So you got to know what it is in order to determine whether it's a counterfeit or not. Anybody ever had a counterfeit $20 bill or a $100 bill? You never even, you never even examine them close enough. Close enough. Most, most people don't. Some of them are real good. Some of them are real good. But boy, when you get, when you get to examine them real close, you can see the difference. It becomes obvious to you. Really, when you lay two of them down on the table together and you look at them, the average person will come up and say, yeah, they look both the same. No, examine them closely. Then when you start, see, that's what your spiritual life is about. That's what the Lord is trying to get you to do, is to begin to examine yourself closely so you can see the real from the counterfeit that's around you. Because there's spiritual counterfeit it's all around us. Amen? Understand this. Our flesh itself is continuously active. Okay? And we have to be vigilant against its intrusion into our mind. And it'll keep us from the teachings of the Holy Scriptures. Your flesh will do it. Know how it'll do it? You sit there and huh? That's flesh. That's flesh. That's flesh. And it's keeping you from getting the word. Amen. See, you have to realize that it's always working against you. There's no good thing in it. You may as well know it. Amen? Now, we know that the Bible discloses to us in it the mind of the Holy Spirit. So we need to observe the Bible perfectly. When you start reading and studying, you got to read and study carefully. The word says, the Lord is not slack concerning his promise as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Well, you got to read that carefully. I don't care that you can read it fast. The Lord is not slack concerning the promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward. Well, what does that mean? When I go back and I ask you, well, what did the Lord just say to you? What does that mean? Uh, uh, I, I, I don't know. I'm not sure. Well, this is what he's talking about, to be vigilant in the things that you do. See, that's your flesh. You want the flesh to impress that you can read good. Well, I know all y'all can read well. Amen? That's not what I'm impressed with. What I'm impressed with is the revelation that you get out of what you've read. Did you get any? Did you read it? And did you understand what the Spirit said? That's what God is trying to get us to, church. He's trying to get you all out of just reading about. Yeah, I read two chapters last night, Pastor. Well, that's wonderful. It really is. It really is. It is. It's a wonderful thing. But the point is, of what you read, what did you understand?
did you get any revelation out of anything? If you got revelation just out of one paragraph, I'm happy. But if you can't do you you can't tell me about anything but the story, then you didn't get anything. Amen. Now, like I said, the Bible discloses the mind of the Holy Spirit. So we need to observe the Bible perfectly. And yet, that still doesn't mean that we're going to follow the mind of the Holy Spirit. So you've just taken another step. That doesn't mean that you're going to follow the Holy Spirit. Why? Because we often search the many things or the many teachings of the scriptures with our mind and later do them with our own strength. That's the problem with people. See, you get it in your mind, and then you do it with your own strength. The Spirit didn't lead you into doing it. You say, now wait a minute, is that not one and the same? No, it's not. Our lesson here is to learn to follow the Holy Spirit. Now, understand this. Although what you did agrees perfectly with the scriptures, it nevertheless is done without the dependence on the Holy Spirit. So therefore, it's of no account to you. Do you understand that? Just because you know it and then you go and do it out of your own strength, you're still not in relationship with the Holy Spirit. Don't you understand? And you're in perfect. See, and that's what happens to people. They'll want to argue with, well, I, listen, you don't know the scripture no different than me. I know what the scripture said. I know I did what the scripture said. And now when, I, when, you, when you start rattling off at me like that, I know it ain't nothing but flesh. See, that's why we got to be careful of our flesh. Okay? Very careful. Because it'll follow perfectly what the scripture does. Everything you did remained within the realm of your flesh when you did it. You never consulted the spirit. Amen? So that means that what's known in your mind has to be checked by the scriptures. Now when you start checking the scriptures, the Holy Spirit, chances are he's going to talk to you. Amen? And what is carried out has to be carried out through the spirit, not through your own strength. Realize the flesh. It craves priority, even with respect to keeping the Holy Scriptures. It wants to stay in charge. Flesh does. The spirit has intuition and it also has power. It becomes null and void if we understand our doctrine in our mind. Notice what I'm getting ready to say now. If you understand the doctrine in your mind and at the same time you remain, it remains unexecuted by the power of the spirit, you haven't done anything. It's all null and void. Do you see this? See how subtle what I'm talking about? You say, I never thought about it like that. You mean to tell me, Pastor, I can read these scriptures, and then I can go do them myself, and it lines up perfectly with what the Word said, but because you did it out of your flesh, it's null and void. 
Isn't that something? Because you didn't follow the spirit. See, that flesh, he wants to be seen too. He wants to be heard too. That's why you have to look for flesh when people begin to minister to you. You can tell the difference. Okay? The word informs us of the significance of our spirit. Because it's due to the indwelling spirit that's in us. And the reason that we have to live and walk in the spirit at all is because our spirit is the place where God's spirit inhabits us. And it's where his mind is expressed to us in the spirit. Amen? The leading and the discipline that we receive in his leading and discipline, it's God's base of operation in us. That's how he operates in the spirit. He leads. He guides, not ourselves. So we got to understand. These are battles that we are in the midst of. And as we come more and more familiar with the details of these things, it's just like knowing in the natural, you call yourself knowing some karate or something or some of them other martial arts. You get out there with somebody, they'll whack you upside the head and have you on the mat before you know it. So you can't be an imposter, can you? It's got to be real. Amen. That's our word for tonight on this first part. 